deserve the glory are so insufficient. Lord, we can sing songs and we can try to express your glory, but Lord, Father, we, we just believe that the infinite almighty God, Lord, has warmed our hearts, has brought us to this place, and no matter where we're at tonight, Lord, you're still that same God today. Lord, and one day we'll see the King in all his glory, and Lord, we believe that day is very soon. Lord, while we're here, we've come tonight just to sit at your feet and to learn of you. And Lord, we are desiring to meet with you. Lord, on the, on the heels of some wonderful services. And, but Lord, we're here at our post of duty. And we want to we wanna fellowship with you tonight, Lord. Would you come and be, come by our way, Lord? Father, we want to thank you for the lives of our sister Janet, Lord, our, pray that you'll bless her this day. Pray you'd remember my mom. Your blessing would be upon her life, Lord. Father, we ask you again just for our friends and believers in the Ukraine. Lord, our brethren all over the world, some are grieving, some are in trouble, some are sick. Oh, Father, but your eyes are upon us, oh, Lord. Your eyes are upon the sparrow, Lord. How much more are they upon us, oh, God? Father, we want to just come now, and as we open the word, we invite you to come and minister. Lord, take our humanity, our frailty aside, Lord. Lord, we stumble many times, but, oh, God, we thank you for your grace. Lord, we pray now, just minister to us, minister to our hearts. Granted, we pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's turn to the book of Psalms 
We'll go to Psalms chapter 40. Psalms chapter 40. Verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, and he established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, my law is within my heart. I believe David said in one of the other Psalms that thy word have I hid in my heart, that I would not sin against thee. We read also, just drop down to verse 11. Withhold not thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. For innumerable evils have compassed me about. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me, so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of mine head. Therefore, my heart fails me. Have you ever felt like that? Felt like you couldn't even hardly approach the Lord? Felt like you couldn't even lift your hands to him? David went through the same thing. He would drop down. Well, let's just read verse 13. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver thee, me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Verse 17. But I am poor and needy. Listen to this. Yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. Amen. Amen. God bless his word. You may have your seats. If I just take a little subject for a little while tonight, his thoughts towards me. I want you to think right now where you're at. Okay? Based on your thinking of yourself, based on what others think of you, but what does he think of you? What does he think of you today? And you might, 
You might judge yourself, well, I'm I, uh, not very good. My performance wasn't very good. You know, they have sometimes the, the you know, in the world we live in, it's a sports world, and they have a hockey game, and, and they interview the players, and they played for 60 minutes, and, and they give critical evaluations of their performance in the game, and these guys just made $100,000 for playing a 60-minute game. And they're evaluating them. And what do you think? Well, my play wasn't very good and such and such. And, well, can, can we deduct that from your paycheck? No, I deserve that. Well, how much more God? You know, he has something in mind for you. And though you failed him, though I fail him, but yet his thoughts have never changed towards us. Amen. So the world we live in is a world where there is Many, many thoughts in the world, many opinions are expressed in the world. Brother Branham would call this world a pest house. The world at its best, they, they think they're at their, at their best place that they've ever been. They've learned from all the mistakes of history. They want to erase their mistakes in history. And now they're going to put forth a new way of thinking. And it's going to be better. It's going to be all-inclusive. And, and, they, and they've got all their thoughts. And these agendas are continually being pushed on us. They're being projected on us. And, and increasingly... Their thoughts, when we begin to express our thoughts, will become very evident towards us. And so these thoughts that are in the world, there's a pressures and the battles that take place in our mind, the atmosphere that we dwell in, as, as the prophet would say, the, the earth is filled with accusing devils. And I, I will say whatever thoughts that you have had of yourself, many of those thoughts have been planted by the devil. And I say this, the devil will come and tell you that you're not very good. The devil will tell you that you failed and you, there's no way out of this situation. These are the thoughts that the devil has. And how does he wear us down? By planting them in our mind. And he will tell you you're not very good. And he will tell you this. Or, you know, and if you are doing good, he'll, he'll push you. And they say, there's nobody like you. You know, you're almost next to God himself. No, he'll, he'll push you way over the top one way or the other. That's the devil. Those are the thoughts. There's the negativity that he continually projects to us. And when he does that, we sometimes talk the devil's language. Listen, you help me tonight. Because I want to live what I heard this weekend. I don't want to go and dwell in the world that I make of my own thinking. But I want to dwell in the world that God has for me. In the atmosphere He has for me. I want to pray the way He wants me to pray. I want to confess His word. I want to confess His thoughts. So the world that we live in, it's full of knowledge. It's full of wickedness. The thoughts are only evil continually. That's the world around us. Listen. I'm going to need to use some scriptures and just get a little <clears throat> traction here. Let's go to Genesis 6. The Bible would say, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, the revealing of the Son of Man. But these were the days of Noah. Before the flood, this was exactly where the world was at. Let's just pick this up in verse 5. Genesis 6 in verse 5, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, 
And how did it start? The imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Can you imagine waking up in the morning and having evil on your heart? Going to bed and having evil on your heart? Thinking evil through the day? That's the world that's, that we're living in. Okay? And it says, And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. Now this goes beyond do's and don'ts. This goes beyond just making a mistake and not doing it right. Let's just drop down to verse 11. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. If that was that way back then, where are we at today? If God had to bring a flood to do away with man, what about today? He's God and he doesn't change. He's, he has never changed his ways. So that was the world that's in. Let's go over to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. This scripture is very pertinent to the, to the day we live in today. Let's read from verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest to them, and God has shown it to them, or showed it to them, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. What has science done? Science has pushed God out of the classroom. Science has said the thinking of man is higher than the thoughts of God. It said that we know better. Science has it broke into God's laboratory, as they say. And we understand, you know, right away they, we, we learned it in the time we were in, the evolution of God. You know, they, that, the evolution theory of Darwin was greater than the creation of God. They began to exalt that. Friends, that was in that day. This day is a hundred thousand times worse. Now what are they talking? It's, it's natural for a boy that's born as a boy to want to wanna have thoughts to be a girl. And it's taught in school. And vice versa. And I, I say this, the corruption that has entered the mind of man is, is, is unbelievable the age we live in. Listen, I, I, if, if, you, if you need to just say it, agree, because I'm not going to leave you here. Don't worry. Uh, this, is, this doesn't leave you for, with a lot to go home with. But just look at the world we're in. Look at the thoughts and the imaginations. How, how does all this evil start? Somebody just begins thinking a thought. 
and it's an antichrist thought, and it brings them into another thought, and another one, and before you know it, God's out of the picture. It says, they became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. I read an article last week, or Brother John, maybe you shared it with me, but it was where the, the church of England, or one of the churches, they have now decided in their Bible to give God a gender-neutral name. It's no longer just a he. It's going to be gender-neutral. You think that this insanity is just out in, 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 in amongst Hollywood? It's pervaded every aspect of society. It's gotten into churches. And the only thing that we have is we have received the truth. And it's the truth that will keep you. So it says, verse 22, professing themselves to be wise they became fools, and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. It's the days of Sodom and Gomorrah all over again. But how did that start? It started with thinking, with thoughts, with imaginations. They changed the truth of God into a lie, verse 25, and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever, amen, for this cause. God gave them up to vile affections. Even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lust one toward another, Men working with men, that which is unseemly, and receiving in them also that recompense of their error, which was meat. I'm reading more than I originally intended, but that's okay, just in the, in the channel. Now, now, just look at this. And, and on top of all of this, now churches are ordaining homosexual clergy. Did you ever think that we'd stoop so low to this? Verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, and murder, and debate, and deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. The whole culture of the world has changed. They, you, you, you used to get on, you know, somebody would open a door for someone, 
hello sir, hello ma'am. There was an, a level of respect. You get on a bus and somebody would give a seat up for an elder person. You know, there'd be a common decency. That doesn't exist. And if it does, you know that they've got some kind of correct, correct upbringing somewhere. Without understanding covenant breakers, without natural inf- affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, they that commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Listen, I I don't know about you, friends, but this ought to send, send shivers up us when we recognize this has been prophesied. It's all around us. We were just sharing in our, some of our fellowship and conversation on the weekend. It was many years ago, and it was in a play in San Francisco. We used to just say, well, homosexuality just is in San Francisco or this place or that place. It's all over the world. Brother Brandon made statements that, uh, you know, up to 40% in government are such. I will tell you, it, it's probably that now. It, it, if... if if you, if you begin to take an attitude that's at all against these things, when, when we saw, was it last week, in, in a Roman Catholic school in, in, uh, in Ontario, this is a Catholic school that still teaches reasonable things. A child was expelled from school because he free, f- refused to acknowledge that there's just two genders, male and female. Because he refused to acknowledge that, he was expelled from school. Coming soon to a neighborhood near you. It, it's, it's around us, friends. Do you think that they're gonna, somebody's going to tap into our services, which are broadcast, and that they're going to say, hey, these are pretty good people. They stand for the truth. No, they won't. I'll tell you what will happen before that. Listen, I, I know we're, 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 we're on a Wednesday after the meetings, but I'm going to have you all stand up, or I'm going to do what Brother Wendell tells you to do. He says, turn to your neighbor and say, that's the truth. Turn to your neighbor there. If that's going to liven you up, that'll liven you up. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> listen, I'm not going to sing like him. Don't worry. But I, I, I listen, let's, let's just acknowledge the truth. That's the truth. What a crazy world we live in. Amen. So anyway, I'm not dwelling there. But, but we dwell in here and our minds are affected. And, 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 and we begin to hear these things, and pretty soon we start to look at ourselves through the thinking of the world. Yeah. And we begin to think, we're a minority, and we walk around, and we're cowering. Yeah. That's not where we're supposed to live. Yeah. We're not supposed to dwell there. Yeah. Don't dwell through what somebody else thinks of you. When the children of Israel had to go in and possess their land, there was 12 spies that were, 12, I got it, 12 spies that were, were, were sent to give a report. 10 of them gave a report through the eyes of the giants that they saw. Two of them gave a report according to God's word. And we're, if we're not careful, we slip into the same thing. Oh, it's Laodicea. It's the worst. It's just expected that, that people are going to slip into adultery. It's expected that there's going to end up being some fornication. It's expected. No, it's not. If we stay in the channel that God has for us, 
Friends, hey, don't look for the government to uphold a standard. Don't look for anybody else's. The standard has to be planted in here. It has to be in our hearts. They came into the land. And they came back with a report. Oh, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. In their sight? <laughs> and, and pretty soon we start thinking, just like the world is, well, you know, there's an agenda. And if we're not politically correct, and if we don't do this, and we're going to lose benefits, and we're going to lose privileges, we're going to lose them somewhere down the road. I say this, if it starts to affect your walk with God, you don't have to be belligerent. You can use a degree of wisdom, but I'll say this, in your mind, you need to have a readiness to revenge disobedience when it comes your way, and you need to dwell in that place. You can't just pray and say, oh, Lord, help us in this wickedness. Say, Lord, you've given promises for this day. You've given us rights in this day, and you begin to pray, and you begin to think and dwell in that realm. What is heavenly places? It's not a position that's just, that's just way up there. No, heavenly places is where you put it, in your mind, in your heart. Dwell in that place. But because we are around the world, or the world is all around us, and we feed on the world. We have to. We have to see what the news are. We have to see what some of this is. But you should not feed only on that. You need to feed on the Word of God. And the Word of God, if you stay in that realm, I'll tell you what, something else will begin to rise in you. Something else will begin to walk in you. Something else will help you. Let's go to Psalms 139. One of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible. Psalms 139. In Psalms 40, David is talking about the distress and waiting on God and talking about his iniquity. But he said, oh God, your thoughts to me. Lord, you think on me. Now I just need you to come into this channel a little bit, okay? I'm not going to be long, but I, you, whatever you've heard all day, whatever the devil told you since the meetings on Sunday, whatever he told you on the way home or on Monday morning when you woke up, whatever he told you, it's a lie. And I'll say this, the God, thoughts of God that were with us on the weekend have not changed. And I'll say this, the thoughts of God are actually greater than we can perceive them right now. God has thought of you, he's thought of me, and they have not changed. Psalms 139. I, I won't read all of this. I'm just going to drop down to, let's just go down to verse 14. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret, curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the, of the earth." In the message, Unveiling of God, Brother Brandon would talk about it this way. He watched over you. He talks about the natural birth is even greater than, 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 than the spiritual birth. But he says how, how actually the birth of, of Jesus through Mary, he says the natural birth, he said how one seed finds its way and finds this and this. But he takes it further. He said, now, God knew you were coming. 
Therefore he watched over your great, 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 great grandfather and grandmother. And he brought them together. And he made sure at a certain time they met. And he made sure at a certain time that they bred and they did this. And he watched right down to where you are today. Your coming was not an accident. It was not, it was not just, oh, well, I'm here. I, I wound up in this church and that's what it is. No, he knew you would be here. He is, he is the all-knowing God. And so he says, your eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which were in continuance, were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Now let's just stop there for a minute. We are living in the most wicked age there ever was. Now, we are not under what the dark ages were, where they were put to death, where they were put into camps, where they were slaughtered, where they had to, you know, literally spill their blood, but they were anointed for that. But this age is even more wicked than that. Because the devil is not just attacking a flesh. You know, there they, they gave up their lives and they received a crown. But here we're bombarded daily, continually. The devil who, who, who is so wicked and plants thoughts and plants things in our minds and has changed the whole way of thinking. All of society completely is going a certain way. Brother Branham sees a vision and, and he describes it and he says this great cloud that's over the minds of the people and it says they're so caught up with Hollywood and things. And I'll say this devices that are continually upon us and we're almost addicted to. And I say oh God deliver us that we may have room for the thoughts of God to enter in. And the devil comes and he plants these things. And so much so that good people, church-going people, are sympathetic to evil in the world. They're sympathetic to things. I'll go back. I didn't finish a thought. Homosexuality. We talked about the government. We thought it was in San Francisco or places like that. I think it was maybe 25, 30 years ago. There was a church in San Francisco that stood for the truth. And one of the, the gay rights things in that time, this is now 25, 30 years ago, they had a rally and they began to march on that church and against that church. And it was a vengeance in that mob. And they came against that church. They had to bar the doors. And they had to put barricades across, but the scenes that were there was all of these people with their faces pressed against the glass, and they were banging on the doors, and their words were, we want your children. Friends, that's where that spirit's going. Now that was 25, 30 years ago. Where is it at today? Can you imagine the evil that lurks in the minds of those that are right around you? Can you imagine the evil of somebody that would pray in the streets looking for a child? Can you imagine the evil of somebody that's there? That's in the world around us today. Friends, there's only one place of safety. That place is in Christ. 
That place is in the thoughts of God. I know the thoughts you think of me. Because I'll tell you what, you will not rise above it yourself. God has to convey it to us. So he says, David says, in thy book were my members written. So we talk about, you know, God looking in his plan. And even he will write in Revelations, he said, and everybody whose name was not written in the book will take the mark of the beast. Now, if you're not written in the book, what, what, what is it? Now, is, is God just having a book up there that he can hold and, and, and you know, you, you're guessing that my name is in there? Or, or is God in this last day under what we call the opening of the word? The opening, a book that was sealed, but a book that was come down and was to be opened to us. What does that mean, that we have just a higher knowledge or that we have something? It was actually meant that you could begin to identify with something that was opened. Even though I was always in sin, just like Rahab, but at this season, God called me. I'm like her. And the bride is like her. Even though I was out of the economy of God and an outcast, I'm like Ruth that was brought into a field at a certain time and a certain season. What is the opening of the book? It's not just knowledge. It's God's love secret to you. Friends, there's a book in the Bible. I won't get into it maybe so much tonight, but maybe we'll do it next week. But... I'll say the Song of Solomon, one of the most misunderstood books in the Bible, but it was in the Song of Solomon, and I think it's in, in Song of Solomon, and, and the language is beautiful, and I'll say this, it's, it's a part of what we believe, it's a part of what we have, but in Solomon chapter 2, the, the declaration of the Shunammite is, my beloved is mine, and I am his. Now that's, that's amazing. But you begin to say, he called me. He wooed me. With tender arms, he projected on me. When divine love is projected, sovereign grace takes over. He pulled me out of the miry clay. He brought me to places I didn't deserve. He, he's brought me to this message. And he hasn't left you. No matter how many times you've stumbled or failed or whatever situation you're in, he knew that before you ever came. His thoughts have not changed. And this book, the Song of Solomon, you know, here's David writing about the thoughts of God. Now Solomon in, 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 this, in this beautiful love story that's written. And, and, and here's the Shunammite expressing that. Well, it's a few verses down. In, in, the Solomon, in the Song of Solomon, chapter 6, verse 3, now the language isn't, my beloved is mine, and I am his, but now it says, I am my beloved's. It's a greater relationship, and my beloved is mine. And she doesn't stop there, because in, in the Song of Solomon, 7, verse 10, it says, I am my beloved's, and his desire is towards me. So God didn't write your name on the book and, and just say, okay, that's them. It's, it's not like a classroom with a roll call. You know, are you here? Yeah, you're here. No, he wrote it with love, 
with tender hands. He wrote it knowing you would come in this age. And he wrote it, and, and it was with love that he wooed you. It wasn't that you reached up to see it, but he began to reveal himself to you. That's what this message ought to be, friends. It's not, a, it's not just you do this, you do that. No, this is the thoughts of God that are opening to us. Listen, I, I, I want us to move on with what we heard this weekend. I don't want us just to go into a cycle, well, wait till the next special speaker and the next meetings. No, let's walk in what God has sent us. Let's begin to employ that in our prayers, in our thoughts, even to ourselves and to one another. We were, we had the prayer line and, and we were looking just, just how Satan works. He doesn't attack you all the time in your body. He'll attack you in your mind. But in your soul, that can be a reality. But in your mind, there's so many layers that the devil can put on you. We have a little minister's chat, and so we, we sometimes share thoughts and different things. Sometimes hear other brothers' snippets of what they're ministering and and things. So this, this was a quote that we had shared. And it, and it was talking about what you could call psychology. And you could say in psychology, Brother Ram says, it could be psychology. You can say, do you see that there? And you just keep saying, yeah, I believe it. You can believe it so much till you actually see it when you don't. Now, I'm going to give you an example in a minute. See, that's right. That's psychology. You get so mentally pressed towards it till you imagine it, and the imagination becomes a reality. Now, I, I, I'm going to say it this way. We had COVID, and what COVID did is it minimized one-to-one -one contact. And sometimes you hear something about someone, it can be just a little thing that is said, oh, brother so-and-so, they did this, they mentioned this, and you think, oh, that's kind of odd. And then you hear it again, and pretty soon you start to build up, oh, and, and before you know it, you know, oh, I heard this and I heard, and, and we think they're way out there. And then, but when you actually meet them and you talk to them and you said, I, I was believing something that wasn't right, that's not how they are. Now listen, is that, that's never happened to you? The devil is so cruel. He'll get you to think one brother to one sister, one brother to brother. He'll get you to think that brother doesn't think this of you. And you begin to kind of shun him a little bit. Now, you think, Brother Ed, what are you talking about? I'm talking about what Brother Branham said, so let me read it to you. Now, you imagine somebody hates you once. That you've never imagined it. You think, everybody loves me. Haha, <laughs> I'm glad there's some laughing. Yeah, imagine somebody hates you just once. And they don't hate you, but you imagine they do. And you just keep thinking, they don't like me. And the first thing you know, you'll be shunning that person. When they haven't done nothing to you. 
And after a while, it becomes such a reality to you till you actually believe that person doesn't like you. And you might ball them out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the story, right? We, we've heard it here before. You know, you're driving down a winter road. Your car breaks down. You're in the middle of nowhere. There's, you're, you're on a road. You, you don't have a phone. There's no tow truck driver. But there's a light of a house down the road. And you're thinking, oh, it's late. It's 10, 10.30 at night. But I'll go walk there and they'll help me. But there's a light on. But as you're walking, you think, oh, it's 10.30. Maybe they're in bed already. You know, maybe, maybe they don't open their door to visitors. You know, and then you're walking, you're walking, you're thinking all these thoughts. And you're thinking, but you know, what, what if their kitties are in bed? And what, what if he's grumpy? And what if strangers have come and harassed him before? And you know, you're walking, you're almost at the door. And all these thoughts are building up at you. And he opens the door and you say, fine, I don't want your help anyway. And he goes, what? Now, this, these things are real. This is the enemy. Now, listen to what Brother Branham says. The enemy, it says, he, you might even ball them out. You have always thought that of me. What? What makes you think that? Well, that one time I said something, you rolled your eyes. I roll my eyes at lots of things. Now, listen, our brother says it. You might say it, and they say, for instance, it might be your neighbor or something like that. That person is absolutely innocent of any ill thing, but it's because you imagine it so, it has become a reality to you. Now, that's a neighbor, but he actually goes a little further. He says, it actually might be your wife or your husband. Oh, that would never happen in the message, Brother Ed. Oh, it would. My, you make a mistake one time, and you watch, and there's a check mark that goes up once. And then you do it a second time, twice. And then the next conversation is, you have always done that. I said, I looked at the check marks. It's only two. That never happens. The enemy is around us, friends. And he will create, he'll create a world that we live in that's not even, oh, there I go. I hit a high note again. That will never even be real. Oh, but, but we, but no, no, it's for sure. Listen. Now, if that can happen amongst us, that can happen in, in, in a home. That can happen, you know, with children under a parent. They go, ah, because we're not natured the same, we're all natured differently. And, and you might, you know, I, I, I don't always express my words correctly. And my words come out wrong. And they get misinterpreted. On the other hand, you know, sometimes it could be the person hearing. It can be both sides. Friends, we need to just stop, come back, and like Brother Wendell said on the weekend, expose the devil. Because the one thing he likes to dwell in is secrecy and in a cloak of darkness, and he will make our, somebody said once to me, well, perception is reality. That's a worldly saying. No, perception is not reality. 
Your perception of a situation can be dead wrong. People have said, you know, you, you know I had a fellow who worked with us, and, and we happened to pray at the meal, and he was respectful. And then he noticed that we went to church Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday. And, and, he, and, and then I overheard him telling someone, these people are fanatical. Uh, you know, and and he, was a, he, was a nice, he was respectful. He says, yeah, you can serve God, but I mean, man, you go crazy on it. Well, I'm in love with him. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, hey, listen, I, I, I just was dwelling in some of the songs on the weekend. Falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I've ever done. Falling in love with, I, I was playing it the other day. My wife came upstairs and I'm playing the song. Have you never heard that song before? I say, yeah, but I've never heard it like that or I needed to be reminded of it again. So to our song leaders, note, sing that once in a while. Falling in love with Jesus. When all the rules and the regulations and oh, I didn't catch this, just fall in love with him again. Oh, I'm so tired. They always bully. fall in love with Jesus. It'll take care of a lot of things. So he says, now look at this. You say, it can be that you imagine it, but it's not even real. Now, if Brother Branham, the prophet of God, would say, well, I always thought that God loved me, but Jesus hated me. Brother Branham said that. How much do we serve God under condemnation? I just did this wrong today. Now I'll lower my head and go into church, and I'll just hang my head. And, you know, if I ride this out for three days, I'll be okay. If I give a little extra in my offering, that'll help. And I do this, and I do this. Friends, we serve God that way. We are living so far below what God wants us to be. If you stumble and fall, repent and go on with God. He still loves you. He loved you when you're a sinner. He loves you today. Well, I, but I got into this situation. I got into this mess. He still loves you. He has not changed his mind. Brother Branham, you'll just say this. We're talking about the early disciples. When they went to the grave, they were so discouraged. Notice, when you are discouraged... That's when the devil can really pour it onto you. That's when he gets you if you come to church. Well, I don't know. I don't know whether I'll get any better. I've been prayed for twice. You may as well go home. That's all. God doesn't want you frowning. Can I repeat this again? God doesn't want you frowning. God wants you to be happy. He's not here to condemn you. He wants you to be happy. He wants to give you good things. He wants to give you the Holy Ghost. He wants you to be blessed in your life. He wants you to prosper in school. He wants your marriage to be blessed. He wants your demeanor to be happy. He says, the human heart was meant to be happy. Worry will cause cancer. Temper causes cancer. Don't ever be upset. Don't ever be upset. 
I'll keep this one. We'll, we'll quote it next service too. Just walk in His love. Know that you're walking in Him. Nothing can harm you. Nothing can harm you. There's neither powers, things present, things future. We are in Him. We never came by our own will. He, by choice, elected us and brought us into Him. Amen. So it's His business to take care of what He's took Himself. Amen. It's the Father who takes care of it. Who's got more power than God? What kind of a power have you got to take care of you? <laughs> no, I, I give myself a lot of trouble. And you give yourself a lot of trouble. You don't have to say amen to my part. <laughs> Say amen to your part. <laughs> Listen, he's now praying in a message, God for perfecting his church. Gathering around beside you is spirit-filled men and women with hands to lay on you. As we pray together, be determined. Don't be defeated. I, some of you probably saw the little testimony some of you have shared it. It's a testimony of Brother Billy Paul talking about uh, meeting in Africa or somewhere, India maybe or wherever it was. And, and he had finished the meetings and the interpreter who was a kind man and he brought him and he asked him, he says, bring the man after the service and, and he says, is there anything I can do for you? And, and, and then he took him to a place where there was a little girl who was bound in a wheelchair and, and if you just come and greet her. And um, look, look at how the nature of God, if you haven't seen the clip, I've only seen it once, but I just marveled at how God moved in that situation and how he used Brother Branham. Brother Branham did not come down. It wasn't just like praying. Put his mantle around him, grabbed his sheath, took his sword, and came down, thus saith the Lord, Arise! He didn't do that. You watch Kenneth Copeland, you can see that. Benny Hen, you can see that. But this was a man who was real. And he sees all the children, and he says, oh, God bless you, God bless you. And he sees that little girl in the wheelchair. And then he says, hey, would you like to play with this ball? Oh, I'd love to, but I can't, or whatever her answer was. And he rolls the ball past her, and he says, now, go up and get it. He didn't even pray. He just expressed, and she got up. Now, if he had said, now, we're going to pray, we're going to anoint, she might have tensed up. But he relaxed her spirit, and she walked into it. Friends, if, if, if Brother Branham could do that, now, he was a prophet, what can you do around you? What can you do? What about the God that dwells in you? If he has thought good thoughts of you, you can give those good thoughts to somebody else. I'm here to make a difference. I can walk into my workplace. I don't have to cower because of the pinups and the language in my workplace. I can serve God. I can sing songs under my breath. I can do these things. I can walk in this school. I know I'm a son and a daughter of God. If God has those thoughts of you, then walk in them. 
Don't, don't just stand there and say, I'm, I'm going to take everything. You know, I'm a martyr. I'll take it. You know, and I'll cower down and I'll go into my turtle shell. That's not what we're called to. We're called to greater than that. Now, he, he says this. Now, as we pray together, be determined. Don't be defeated. You can't be defeated. You're the children of God. God promised the Holy Spirit to every believer. He wants to give it to you tonight more than you can receive it. Oh, it's a Wednesday night, Brother Ed. But if God is just opening your heart a little bit, why don't you open a little bit? I need more of you tonight, Lord. I maybe have missed something on the weekend, but I want you tonight. And I want you on Sunday, and I want you in between. Gather around you. Don't be defeated. You're a believer. And he says, when you, when you want something, tell him you want it. Tell him you want it. No matter what comes, you want it. Let something anchor. Now, I, I, let's just, just, I'm not going to get to all of my thoughts today, but I knew I wouldn't. Here comes Jesus, and he's referred to as the beloved son. It was an attribute of God. God has always wanted to impart himself into another part. So that was through Jesus Christ, his son, but it was just really all God, but it was God, the Almighty, now coming down to him. Now, when God, he puts himself on the same level as us, and he comes into a world, he's made himself a servant, he made himself like us, he's walking in the world, and he's enduring all of these things, but he knows that he was there to redeem every name that was written on the Lamb's book of life. And he knows that he was the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And he knew all of those things. So, you know, to come to earth and know that you're going to die the most horrible death and to know it's going to be like this and even so much he prayed, Lord, take it from me. But he knew all of those things. But yet there was a scripture. I will not suffer my Holy One to seek corruption. And he took that upon himself and he believed that which was written, that which he was going through was not going to be eternal, but it was going to be temporal and it was going to be the greatest victory that ever was. And even so much so that as he's going to the cross and, and, he's, and he's maybe catching a vision and as he's trying to endure, but he's seeing the benefit of what he'll do and he's looking down through history and he's seeing the dark ages and he's saying, if I I die this death, they will not die in vain, but they will be resurrected. If I die this death as a, as, a, as a kinsman redeemer, looking down to where maybe you are at and I was at, I know that, that they will rise again. So that was Jesus. Now let's just go quickly to Ephesians chapter 1. I, I'll, I'll come back to Psalms 139 in a moment. <coughs> Ephesians chapter 1. So it's one thing for God to have these thoughts. And, and really, what was the opening of the word? To reveal the back part of the mind of God. In other words, he can have these thoughts, but he wants to make them known. So what's he doing? He's whispering love secrets. So in the middle of Satan's Eden, with the devil telling you how evil you are and how everything is, here is God saying, okay, I'm going to let you know that I've always loved you. 
and though you've stumbled, you're still mine. And I'm not going to let you go. And I'm going to hold on to you. And I'm going to bring you to the place you need to come to. I want you to know what thoughts I have. I want you to understand my love to you is immeasurable. I want you to know that. And I want you to walk in that. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. This is not to know about God, but to know God. Verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Oh, friends, this message when I first received it, when I first got it, and I read the pages, and I read these things, they were precious. But I'll tell you what, they have only gotten more real. They are only lifting off the page and becoming more of me all the time. And he says, that you may know. Oh, just as much as he was God, he wanted to give himself to you. He wanted you to know his thoughts. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, I know the thoughts that I have of you, thoughts of peace and not evil to bring you to an expected end. Oh, the thoughts of God towards us. Can we see that tonight? Listen, this is not just something to hide. This is something to dwell in. This is something to walk in. If you, if you can just do one thing, walk out of here singing this song. Yes, Jesus loves me. This I know. The Bible tells me so. Oh, if you have to sing that and you're just acting like a little kid, I'll tell you what, there's a revelation there. Walk in revelation. The light switch. Let the light switch come on. Yes, he loves me. He's not there to whip me the minute I'm, oh yeah, I'll get some whippings, but oh, it's for my good. And he says, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is his exceeding power, uh, the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this name but also in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet and given him to be the head over all things in the church. He's my head. He's my Lord. Which is his body, the fullness of him that dwelleth, that filleth all in all. Oh, if we could see that. Jump back to Psalms 139. Psalms 139. Verse 16. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there were none of them. So... You know, David's going like, you had something. I, I know there's part of me that's been moving in my life all along, but I'm, I'm in trouble. I've got all these issues. And, and then David breaks into another sphere, and he says this in verse 17. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. Great, how great is the sum of them. Oh, 
He didn't call you just to barely save you. He wants to bless you. He wants to fill you. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to prosper. And you know, the minute you walk in that and you do that, you're stepping on the devil. Because the devil has so many other thoughts to you. He wants, oh, the devil just loves it when we talk his language. Oh, I'm so unworthy. Yeah, I know I'm unworthy too. But he has made me worthy. You know what? You're in trouble like you've never been. Yeah, but he's able to, to get me out. The devil wants to place fear on you. This is so, so fearful. You're, you're just, you know, you're, you're just lower than low. You're that, that. And then, but God showers his love that raises you above that. And his love comes. And his thoughts are not just thoughts. There's a position that's been given the bride that no other age has had before. The disciples came to Jesus and said, grant that one may come and, and sit at your right and one at your left. The mother of Jesus came, rather, and said these two he said, that's not given unto me. But in the in who can I overcome? Brother Bram says, that was given to this age. So we have been given a position. That position is in heavenly places. It's above the devil. It's above where we think we are. It is higher. The thoughts of God are not the thoughts of Rahab, a harlot, but Rahab, the wife of Salmon. The thoughts of God are not just that you'll barely make it and grovel along but that you'll be redeemed, that your light will shine. The thoughts of God are that you are pure. There is no sin in them. They are holy before me. I have washed them. I have bought them. They are my own. The thoughts of God are greater than what the devil's telling you. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Let's have the musicians come. And David says, if I should count them, they are more than a number than the sand. And when I'm awake, I'm still with you. And not only that, but the thoughts of God are against your enemies. He says, surely you will slay the wicked, O God. (laughs) Oh, do I not hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Then in verse 23, David says this. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Oh, the thoughts of God. The mind of God. Oh, friends. When you begin to dwell in those places, I'll tell you what, let your mind go for a while sometimes. Don't put no music on. Just go take a walk with God sometime and just begin to think, oh, you blessed me here. You did this for me, even though I so stumbled. But Lord, you've never left me. You're still reaching out to me. Even today, Lord, you're still there for me. You, O oh God, are greater than any situation. If you can begin to think on those thoughts, friends, it'll just draw you higher. It's not you lifting yourself. It's God actually pulling you. If he can get, I don't have the quote with me, but souls that are imprisoned, if he can get the nature of your soul to agree with his nature, 
then, then you have an invincible army. That's not part of the same thing. But if he can get those two to agree, in other words, we let our mind, we cast our cares upon him. We think all these things. I'll tell you what, it, it, it'll, that's what causes the devil grief. Because you're not even listening to him. He's not even in the picture anymore. It's just me and my Lord. Oh. <laughs> now I feel like singing Falling in Love with Jesus again. <laughs> was the best thing I've ever done. We won't. Okay, if you, if you don't want, that's fine. That's fine. I want to sing something positive. I, 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 I wanted to get it into it in the Song of Solomon, but I won't. But there's a portion where the Shulamite says, His banner over me is love. I want to sing that tonight. I, you know, he, he, it's manifest, he brought me, sorry, the song is, his banner over me is love, but there's another one I want to sing after that. But I'll tell you what, he is, is, is searching us out. And you know what? In this last hour, the headstone would come with grace, grace, grace. When divine love is projected, this message was not brought on us as judgment, but it was his love reaching out to us. And when that love reaches out, no matter where you are, sovereign grace begins to lift you up. Let's sing this. His banner over me. He brought me to his banqueting table. You he brought me to his banqueting table. His banner over me is love. He brought me to his banqueting table. His banner over me is love. He brought me to his banqueting table. Mom. 